your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and make sure to tell them Locked On sent you. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we welcome in the hosts of the Husky Warming House podcast to talk about the Huskies heading into the 2021-2022 season. We recap what happened last year. We talk a little wild as well, and so we are going to have a great time with Noah and Nick my name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran of over 10 years of Minnesota sports coverage, including the last couple of seasons exclusively covering your Minnesota Wild. Happy to have you along for a Tuesday edition of the show. And as mentioned, we got some uh, guests that are up near my original neck of the woods, St. Cloud, Minnesota. <laughs> we welcome in Nick and Noah of the Husky Warming House podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to Lockdown Wild. How's it going? Locked on and ready to go. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a p- pleasure to be here, Seth. Kind of weird being on the uh, the other side of this. They're pretty used to you know being in your role, so it's a it's an interesting dynamic. But we're excited for it, and uh, we're privileged to uh, be your the first time we've ever been podcast guests on another show. Uh, it happens to be yours, so pretty excited about it. So. Hey, trivia question answer someday. Yeah, it will be. You are the trivia king there mr noah grant so write this down <laughs> no i'm taking notes i have fla- i have flashcards. i i have the official <laughs> uh f- for people who are either husky alums like myself or are from the st cloud area probably get that uh, reference a little better than the rest of the state of course st cloud trivia uh, scsu trivia a premier event and uh, i gotta say not really the best at it myself, but I did help out a couple of times on the phone banks. And I mean, it's it was fun because I'm trying to think of what my alias was the last time I did it. It was something to do with MC Hammer's. I think it was MC Hammer's financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> I say I Nick, did. Uh, I did the phone banks once, and you know it, those that trivia. Uh, the whole setup is just super fun, uh, including for those uh, who may know or may not know, but the, the food that they truck in, Seth, uh, the the sponsorships. I mean, you're literally getting fed once every hour. And I think my alias was like, I think your mom's dirty jeans, I think is what it was <laughs> when I did it. Yeah, take that what you wish. But yeah, it was just I tried to come up with something original. That's all I could think of. I'm really not that funny. So but it's like there was a waffle bar a couple of times. There was some, you know, obviously some uh, pasta that they roll in. It's you, you get fed well for the amount of work you're doing. It's, it's a lot of fun. And it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you just like, if anything, go for the food, like hang out and go for the food and just, yep. just hang out and see what's going on and mingle with all the people and stuff. I was just thinking about MC Hammer because Nick's a good 10 years older than I am. So I was like, that's like prime time Nick Max and age group. So I was kind of laughing at how old he was. So, hey, I got to make sure I get the old jokes in even on another podcast. Got to make sure, right? <laughs> older and wiser. Just remember that. So <laughs> <laughs> Jury, Jury's still out on that one. 
That's fine. I'll, I'll take. Oh, when the video releases, um, we'll, we'll see about who's looking, who's wins. Anyway, uh, it's great to be on here, Seth. Uh, honestly, seriously, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure, and uh, yeah, I'd love to continue to talk a little bit of uh, Huskies hockey as well as uh, the Minnesota Wild. We've had a very busy off season. Uh, some expected, some not expected. So it's it's a it's a great time to be a hockey fan. Of course, yeah. It's um, it, it's getting us through the the summer is just cruising by, and I mean. One of the nice kind of byproducts of the year going a little longer for the NHL is that the off season is much shorter. So all we have to do is get to October and we'll be fine. But we'll we'll talk a little NHL here uh, coming up. I want to ask you guys because I am an alum and I do follow along as best as I can. But obviously, the Huskies coming off of a uh, a very strong season. Um, I had a chance. Fun fact, and uh, we'll see if my friend Colton is listening. I was at his apartment in Madison, Wisconsin for the matchup against Mankato. And uh, we watched that happen in real time. The, uh, the nice win for the Huskies there. And so I got to, I got to rub it in the rest of the weekend. He was not pleased and you know, thus is life. (laughs) So it was, you know, it was a fun hockey game though. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It was a a fun little kind of staple end to the, uh, the season. Unfortunately, uh, UMass got the last laugh to finish off the year. But, guys, let's just kind of give me a, a summary of what all happened for the Huskies this past season. I mean, getting to the Frozen Four, what were some of the, the highlights for you guys? No, I'll let you start because uh, you usually have the the longer answer, so I'll let you start. <laughs> yeah, Nick doesn't have much time left in his older state, so we got to go quick here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the Huskies, a great season, and one, it was a great season for them in a year where they really weren't expected to be that dominant team. I think you know, you go back a couple of years, the, the 2018-19 season, you know, number one in the country, arguably the best, most skilled St. Cloud State team in history. And, you know, they get bounced in the first round. We all know what happened with that. This group was, you know, they they weren't in the rebuilding phase that they were the year prior, but they really were expected to be maybe a middle of the pack, you know, maybe finish fifth or fourth in the NCHC. Um, and, and there was something different about it. And I don't know if, if the pod itself going down to the NCHC pod for three weeks playing nine games, they were slated to play 10, but they didn't get that Colorado college game in. I don't know if playing games kind of in that NHL style schedule was beneficial for them, but it just seemed that this group had a little bit more of like a tight knit uh, ability to gel. Um, and, and it just seemed that they came out of the pod with maybe not the best record, but they came out of there with the ability to handle adversity. And that's something that for St. Cloud state hockey teams with the history that we just kind of touched on, you know, maybe help them kind of vindicate some of those demons as they went through, didn't play well during stretches, you know, near the second half of the regular season, but then got into playoff time, found some traction, you know, and were able to handle the highs and lows. I mean, you go back to the first game in the NCHC playoff uh, playoffs, they're playing Colorado College, who their goal differential this year was like minus like 42 and it's 0-0 in the second period and CC shoots a puck from beyond the center ice line and it goes into the net against the Huskies and the Huskies had been out shooting CC like 22 to like three at that point, you know? So it's like, you talk about the emotional ebb and flow of what it takes to, you know, keep yourself even keel during tournament time. They got a two to one win in that game. They had 77 shot attempts in that game and only scored two goals. And the game winner came with a minute and a half left. So you talk about, you know, teams, finding confidence in the playoffs they finally became that playoff team this year and then they went on a phenomenal run they outscored their opponents by what was it nick a combined score of nine to one 
or Sounds 10 to right. one in, in yeah. the regionals against uh, BU and BC. BC, a very good hockey team. That Mankato game in the Frozen Four could have gone either way. That could have been the national championship game in and of itself in any other year, the way that went. Unfortunately, the cards just didn't fall their way that Saturday against UMass. I think if they play that game 10 more times, it's a lot tighter contest than what it was, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, what a privilege it was to cover this group and uh, the ability to see not only them come together with their veteran experience and play as well as they did, but also have most of that core returning for next season. Uh, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with next year. So it's exciting to be, be a part of this. Super exciting. And knowing you talked about playoff success, right? I think one of the things that we saw as far as an identity of this squad, right? We know that the Huskies are built on speed. They're built on skill. They're built on a strong forecheck. But the one thing that I think was super impressive about their run through the playoffs, which is how I suppose the, 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 the ideology of getting to the front of the net and getting to those dirty areas. Uh, we saw this in the locker room not too long ago. There still sits there. There's two, literally two frying pans sitting in front underneath the whiteboard. They've got, and there it's the grease pan goals and it was it, you could tell it was a talking point and you know they had their numbers of who scored uh, goals and they were sitting right in front of the whiteboard it was a reminder that hey if we're going to win and go deep this is the areas we have to go to and if you do that we're going to get rewarded so uh that definitely comes from dave shyak uh, his addition to the coaching staff i think has been a very very good fit for this squad uh, and to me again as noah touched on this the keeping the highs not too high and the lows not too low uh really really did uh you know separate this club as, uh, compared to clubs in years past yeah, and it, it's it's no joke, too, if I might add. I think if you go back and look at the recap of the tournament games that St. Cloud played, there's one, maybe two goals that came from beyond the top of the circle, max. I mean, wow. they were all in front of the net. It, and it was, you know, St. Cloud in, in years past has been that high-flying kind of score-off-the-rush skill-based team, and they finally found a little bit of sandpaper grit and the ability to find second-chance opportunities and score goals that maybe the teams in years past didn't. And obviously, uh, you got to have a little bit of luck, but uh, on top of that, a very successful run. I have been, like, fully entrenched in the hockey world for now two years, I think, and still I'm finding new things that I learn on almost a daily basis. And the uh, the grease pan goals, that's the one for today. So uh, well done, fellas. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Who knows? And wait while the person behind the counter orders all the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts and tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All at rockauto.com.
you know, as you transition to this next year, Seth, you know, the one thing that is different is now they have expectations. And now it's not just fan expectations. Now they have expectations from other teams, too. Um, we had Pat Mecaletti on our show about, I would say, a month, month and a half ago. And uh, he said it very eloquently. You know, it's one thing to climb the mountain. Yes, that's tough. It's even tougher to stay up there. And there's no question that this squad, especially with a, a very exciting, nonetheless, but a very tough non-conference schedule, uh, again, starting the year off with St. Thomas, home and home they have a gopher uh, home and home set they play mankato uh two games at mankato they welcome wisconsin in the two games at the herbridge national hockey center so uh, awesome matchups old wcha foals alike uh but again at the start of this season is going to really hinge and their success is going to be on that non-conference schedule uh, a lot of people are going to be watching they're going to have a target on their back all year long and uh they definitely no question i know will uh, I'll let you tip off this as well, but they're definitely mm-hmm. going to be in the running for the top spot in this conference, which uh, even with North Dakota losing a lot of veterans, we know that they just reload. Uh, always great talent there. Uh, UMD Duluth is always going to be good. You have up and coming teams such as Denver, Miami, and even uh, Nebraska Omaha. There's no easy game in the uh, in the NCHC conference. And so it's going to be very difficult to repeat that success, but more so I think for them, the key is going to be if you can keep that underdog mentality throughout the season that you're not the top dog that you still have areas to improve, uh, this is going to be a very dangerous squad into 2022. Yeah, we had uh, Ben Holden on, who was a, a co-host of ours at one point, but of course, well-known broadcaster in the hockey world. Uh, and he, he picked St. Cloud to finish number one in the NCAC. And as Nick said, you know, they're kind of a team that is picked to be in that top echelon. Sure. But one thing you got to know about the NCAC, and especially the re-edition this year, hopefully with a full season, is the pairwise again in that non-conference schedule that's going to be so heavy. Heavy. This Huskies team, they can't really afford to falter, especially with that target on their back. They're going to have to be ready, you know, from the get go and kind of loaded for bear because it's just going to be one of those seasons where, you know, and this is obviously the pairwise can fluctuate, but you know, you're not maybe getting that initial game against Princeton where you're expected to maybe win both games and have a goal differential of plus five on the weekend. You know, you have to be ready to go every night in the NCHC and the Huskies. Uh, I think with their veteran experience are going to be a little bit more poised for that than they were in years past. But again, you got three new freshmen that are coming in. One of them, a Minnesota wild draft pick as well. And Jack Pierre. So um, it's, it's going to be exciting to see how those guys adjust and hopefully they adjust quickly because with Minnesota, Wisconsin, Mankato, St. Thomas on the docket, that adjustment period is going to have to be pretty darn quick. Um, guys, I had one question I wanted to ask because obviously, you know, we're a couple of years removed from uh, head coach Bob Motzko going to the Gophers. And so that was a major change that had a big ripple effect, but it seems as though Brett Larson has come in and has done a good job of, of keeping kind of the train rolling on the tracks. So through the, uh, the first couple of seasons of the, uh, the Larson regime, what, what, if, what do you guys think of what he's done? Uh, honestly, I think he's done a better job. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think obviously when, when the news of Moscow came out, there was no question. I, I, I had, uh, some uh, hockey members that were texting back and forth, and it was a, kind of a, a pretty bad secret, you know, amongst the St. Cloud State faithful. But you know, when it was officially announced, there was a little bit of shock there. Uh, but when Heather Weems came out, uh, the athletic director for St. Cloud, she had mentioned that you know a couple of things she wanted the new head coach uh, was somebody that was familiar with the conference, someone that could recruit, because you know, uh, with so many schools in such a small square mileage area, there's you know, it, it's it's slim pickings, and if you don't you know, know how to recruit or have those established relationships that, you know, at the time, Mike Gibbons, uh, now assistant, all that Bemidji State had, and now with Dave Shack, who's uh, kind of a, a college hockey journeyman, 
uh, you need to be able to recruit. And uh, even just today, St. Cloud landed a 16-year-old uh, from Totino Grace. It looks pretty darn good. He's already 6'3", over 200 pounds power forward uh, that just committed to the Huskies. It's un- unbelievable. Uh, and this coaching staff, I think, has taken uh, not only that skill and that talent, but they've added that mental toughness too as well. And I think that was something that, you know, wasn't maybe faltering, but wasn't quite at that elite level. Uh, you know, anytime you, t- you sit down and talk to Brett Larson, it's all about what's between the ears. Uh, he- he's a f- absolutely wonderful coach. He's an even better human being. And uh, there's no question St. Cloud State is happy and very lucky to have him in his staff. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason you extended him for seven years this offseason, right? There, there's a reason that he, he's earned his potentially 10 years as a St. Cloud State Husky, you know, hockey coach. I mean, let's not forget, though, I mean, for, for real, I mean, Bob Motzko, the, how he set up this program, you know, in the 13 years that he was here, he did lay that foundational piece for St. Cloud to be, you know, a, yep. a perennial contender, if you will. Um, and obviously right now with Bob as well, as a side note, you know, our condolences to him and the time that he's going through as well, too. Uh, um, we did uh, an, an interview with Mick Hatton uh, last week that talked in depth about that situation as well. Well, if you not to promote our podcast too much, but if you get a oh, chance to listen to that, I mean, I, it was more of a somber interview, but I think it's a little bit of catharsis for us to be able to kind of talk about it a little bit. But I mean, when you talk about Bob's influence, we had Bob on around this time last year in July. He was one of our first big guests, and he had talked about that, you know, Minnesota was his passion project, and he felt that he wanted to leave the program in better shape than the way he found it, and he felt that it was his time to move on because most coaches don't get the decision to move on. You know, that decision is made for them. But when you talked about Brett Larson taking the train and rolling with it, well, he found some turbo for the Amtrak because (laughs) uh, the ability that he brought, you know, to this team – finding a little bit of that sandpaper grit, as we just talked about, he gets a lot of that from, you know, uh, coach Sandlin up in Duluth and being under his coaching staff and his regime, he's taken a lot of those lessons from a great coach that's been in Duluth since 2000, uh, in Scott Sandlin. And he's applied them in his own way to St. Cloud. And as you can see, the results speak for themselves. This summer, Built Bar is helping you celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know Built Bar has amazing flavors, including coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you're asking me my favorite, it's got to be the raspberry. But if you're not sure which one you want, get the mix box, where you'll get two each of the nine flavors. The best part, though, about Built Bar is they are amazingly healthy. Each bar contains 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranges in calories from 130 to 180, contains only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Plus, get this, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Tell you what, guys, let's um, transition to a little wild discussion here. Obviously, um, some big things left to do here in the offseason. We've seen some free agents sign. Uh, what do you think of uh, the newest members of the uh, the Minnesota Wild in Alex Goligoski, um, Freddie Goudreau, and uh, Dimitri uh, oh boy. Thank you. I did that. I did that like six times on uh, lockdown when I talked about it and I was going to try not to do it tonight, but it happens that way. What, and, what do you think of the newest members? 
Yeah, and John Merrill. Let's yes. not forget him too. A Thank good you. little addition there. Um, you know, and let's also not forget today is the day that Kevin Fiala uh, was just kind of filed for arbitration by the Minnesota Wild too. So that'll be an interesting. We're going to find resolution in that one way or the other. Um, I. I I talked about this on Sunday uh, with Nick and I. Um, I really, really like the Alex Goligoski signing. I, I think it's perfect. I mean, you talk about, I mean, yes, they overpaid him in a sense to hopefully see if he'll stay beyond this season, if he provides consistent, reliable minutes and is a good fit in Minnesota. But I, I just, I mean, for a guy who's 35, consistently a 30-point scorer over the last six full seasons, uh, his ability to you know continue that standard of play even at this age is awesome. He's a Minnesota boy, which I know doesn't mean anything, but I mean, he is close to home. And if it doesn't pan out, it's a one-year contract and he provides that stopgap opportunity for Ryan Suter. He's not going to put up Ryan Suter points, but he can slot in potentially in that first pairing with Jared Spurgeon. Uh, I think that's a fantastic signing. And uh, Nick, I'm going to kick it over to you because that Freddie Goudreau signing is something else too, I think. It is. Uh, two years, $1.2 million. And it adds, you know, a, a true third line center to Minnesota. Again, the, the center depth is, has always been a topic of conversation with the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and with those signings, Seth, it, it seems, and, you know, many reports have come up, it seems like every, everybody in the Wild, including, has really kind of pulled back on the Jack Eichel uh, a trade talks as of right now. Uh, again, still le- a lot of health related, I think, more than money, I yep. think, at this point, um, in, in my personal opinion. But man, uh, that blue line looks good. Uh, for the money they spent, I, I really like the blue and again low risk as as, as Noah said. But Freddie Goudreau down the middle um, that does a couple of things for me. Number one, Nico Sturm, you know that solidifies him to me as a fourth line center. It also provides I think Ryan Hartman's a much better player when he's on the wing. I don't think he's a true natural centerman. So when you get players to be in their you know most natural position where you think they can be successful, um, that to me just spells you know even more improvement for this Minnesota Wild roster. Say what you want about Victor Rask. Uh, I thought for what he was asked, I thought he actually performed very, very well. Again, we know what he is. We know what he isn't. Uh, for what he provided, especially having that opportunity against, uh, you know, being on a line with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, you really can't fault the guy. He actually was pretty pretty good for what, you know, for what uh, you could, you know, kind of project with them. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but on the flip side, yes, as Noah pointed out, it was actually the team that filed for arbitration yep. rather than Fiala. Uh, so again, one or two years max, uh, Fiala will get to choose that. Uh, my estimate between six and six and a half million for Fiala, that'd be my guess. And then I uh, still yet to get Kaprizov, but uh, not so worried about that right now. I think they're going to get a deal done. It's just, uh, it's just a waiting game. This is how these things work. Yeah, it's it's a poker play. And I've tried to preach this pretty much the entirety of the offseason is yes, that uh, threat to go back to the KHL is is in the bag for him and his agent. But at the end of the day, it's not really a viable option for them. I mean, you're going to be making pennies on the dollar compared to what he'd make here. And so it's a matter of Bill Guerin just finally saying, look, this is the only play you guys have, so take it or do whatever, I guess. And yeah, it's a delicate, it's a delicate negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at, when you look at a situation like this, you got to remember both sides know what each other wants, right? So it, it's a game of chicken really. And it's like, you know, as you mentioned a poker play, it's a guy that, you know, that he's betting like he's got, you know, two Kings, but you know, he has maybe a five and a six, you know, that there's a lot of showmanship involved. You know that there's a lot of just posturing that's involved with this. Uh, it's going to come down to one side caving, right? Uh, and we, me and Noah have you know, had constant you know, discussion on this. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, I think Minnesota Wild fans would just like to get him signed no matter what that term or that dollar amount is just to get him locked up. Uh, I'm kind of in that camp as well. 
but yeah, again, I think as more time goes on, I get it. Fans are nervous. They waited so long to get him over here, and they mm-hmm. don't want uh, you know anything to happen to to lose a starter player. But as you mentioned, Seth, you go back to what you go back to Russia. Not only is your contract pennies on the dollar, but in the NHL, you know, you're making money off of your namesake, off of merchandise and the HRR, or for those you know hockey related revenue. There's so much more potential. You're playing with much better talent. I think you know Kaprizov is a guy that you can tell his personality. He loves the challenge of playing in the NHL. Yep. Uh, there's no question that he belongs here. I think he wants to stay here. I'm I'm 150% confident of that. There will be a deal done. It's just a question of, you know, the timing of when they're going to get signed. Um, I, I think, honestly, if I had to be a betting man, next two to three weeks, Max, you'll see a deal done with Kaprizov. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, Seth, I kind of wanted to flip a question on you, if I will, because we discussed this one uh, quite a bit. Uh, the Brandon Manel situation, uh, you know, talking about negotiations in the waiting game. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? We're kind of in the camp, I think, that uh, – you know, the guy didn't really have a proven NHL pedigree. You know, he tried to try to play hardball with him, and unfortunately he lost and wasn't a character that um, Billy G wanted in the room at the end of the day. Yeah, you're right on with that, Noah. I was, before, before Bill Guerin's comments on that situation came out, I was pretty confused just because of what it seemed like on the surface. It seemed like mm-hmm. the Wild let a guy who could be one of those, you know, back-end defensive guys that they really need this year. They just let him go just because, you know, they just didn't really try to get a deal done. And then when he talked about it, just it just made more sense at this point for Manel to have a change of scenery and to go somewhere else. At that point, I'm like, you know, for everything that has happened this offseason and uh, people I'm sure – like the free agent moves or don't like the free agent moves. One thing that Bill Guerin has been incredibly consistent on is his guys in that locker room and on this team. And I'm, I'm not at a point to question it. If he thinks this is not one of our guys, all the power to you. You know, and it's the piece too that goes back to. It's funny how the same people that are upset about Manel leaving with, you know, I don't pretty much, I guess, essentially acting entitled above, you know, what he should have earned in a contract, if you will. We talk so much in the old regime, the Chuck Fletcher regime, about some of these players that maybe there was a quote-unquote culture issue or them feeling a little entitled or kind of being in that slot, and they weren't happy with that. But then you have a kid who's 23 that's doing the exact same thing, and then Billy G says, nope, we're not going to have that character in this room. We're going to ship you out. And then everybody's up in arms. It's like sometimes you just can't win being a Minnesota Wild fan. <laughs> and can I add to that, too? So Manel, when he was traded, he signed a two-way deal with Toronto. So he didn't even get what he wanted in Toronto. And not only that, you know, let's talk about the roster, right? You don't sign three proven NHL, you know, bottom three defensemen if Brennan Manel was in your plans. And it may have just been, you know, and granted, there's a lot of tools that Manel possesses. There's no question about it. But there's no question with Billy G, the way he's approached the offseason, the way he's approached even last offseason, uh, he's trying to win now. He's not trying to build a team, you know, four or five years from now. He's trying to win, uh, I think, either now or the next couple, two, three years, I would say. Yeah. And uh, for a young defenseman that has not have a proven NHL pedigree, and that's often, you know, to me, Seth, and I, I want to flip this on you, you know, what we often forget is, you know, you have all these young prospects and they could be, you know, number nine overall, they could be number 22 overall. Uh, you know, the question gets always asked, you know, you ship these assets or these, 
these pieces out for seemingly no return. But the way I look at it is, you know, to me, there's no really value in a prospect unless you really know what you're getting or two, they have actually played like 50 games in the NHL. Um, so I guess to, I guess the question I want to pose to you is, you know, there's a lot of folks who say there's been a lot of mismanaged assets from the Minnesota White. I would say there's one big one. That was Alex Tuck going to v, uh, VGK. That was a big one because uh, the scouting was very unanimous of what he was going to be. Uh, but with the Brennan Manel situation, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, as far as the Minnesota Wild, do you really think that, you know, this new pipeline, you think they're going to be shipped up? Or with Bill Guerin, it seems like he just wants these guys to actually earn their spot. And it seems like he's going to preach that because, again, you don't sign all these free agents if you don't are making room in your roster for young kids. I'll, I'll put it this way. How many people in the last week looked at the moves that Chuck Fletcher made with the Flyers and said, oh boy, Chuck's at it again. <laughs> I mean, if you, want to talk, if you want to talk about just like spending spree with assets, the Flyers, like he, he, got, he got the max bet on, uh, on a slot machine and he just did not stop. And so yeah. it could be, we could either be in the situation we're in now and Garen lets one guy go because he doesn't necessarily see a fit, or we could be back where we were, where Chuck Fletcher gave everything we had away, and then you're getting the Martin Hansel trade all over again. And I don't, I don't want to go into that anymore oh. than I have to. Oh, so well, on top of that, Seth, too, you know, Chuck Fletcher is a very, you know, almost a false dichotomy GM tier because he was so good about giving away assets. Yeah, he never wanted to change the core. I think yeah. that was the one thing that I noticed with Chuck was, you know, he was set on Granlin, he was set on Coyle, Nita Ryder, uh, Jason Zucker. Uh, those core pieces were never ever touchable. Uh, yeah, you can probably throw Suter and Parisi in there. Let's let's you know we'll call for what it is. Yeah. Uh, he was always about you know let's find the outside pieces of the puzzle, but the center. I'm not going to even, you know, even take one and interchange it just to kind of rattle the cage a bit. He never touched it. And I think a lot of the culture issue kind of stemmed from that, if you want my personal opinion on that, was when a player feels safe. You know, you talk about players who always, we always see this all the time in the NHL. When players are in a contractor, holy hell, now they have, you know, 25, 30 more points than they had the previous season. It, it, it is something, it's a mental game, right? As a GM, you're playing to try to get the best value out of your asset, but also you, you got to motivate a little bit. And, you know, if you're not going to, you know, say with, you know, whether you trade one player or trade a couple to say, if you don't perform, you know, I'll find somewhere else for you to play. Yeah. I think that was a big part of the reflection regime yeah. as well. It, it's a balance too. I mean, it also w- the other half of that is the camp that says blow it up every season and rebuild and retool. And it's kind of the in-between of retooling on the fly, if you will. But I, I think when you look at Bill Guerin and the latest edition of the Minnesota Wild, I mean, guys that are willing to kind of put their nose to the grindstone, keep, keep their mouth shut for lack of a better term and just go to work. I mean, you think of Carson Soucy before he left Nico Sturm's a great example of guys that they got their opportunity, but they didn't act like they were entitled to more than they were. They just put their nose to the grindstone and they've been rewarded with good contracts and playing time as a result. So the culture is shifting, if you will, to this team aspect and guys willing to earn their spot. But I mean, I, you just want to surround yourself with as many guys that are like that because you look at Stanley Cup championship teams, not everybody's making $8 million a year and has their right. own Nike sponsorship deal, right? you got to have guys that are able to buy in to the system and the organization in which they represent. 
Unless you're Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, then you just blow three three to one leads every series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least so they're consistent. True. Yeah, very, very true. true. Uh, gentlemen, this was an absolute blast. And before I let you go, I, of course, want to give you an opportunity to talk about the Husky Warming House podcast and anything else that the listeners should be keeping an eye out from both of you as we get closer and closer to college hockey season yet again. Yeah, well, I guess I can. Am I the spokesperson? Am I my I honorary spokesperson? We'll, we'll, we'll both do a little bit, so go ahead. Yeah, um, well, I'll save who our guest for this week is for you, Mr. Maxim. But I, I think uh, the one thing that I would like to point out is uh, Nick and I don't know how long we're going to continue to do this. We've been at this for about 16 or 17 months, and we're going to go through the end of the next Huskies hockey season, and then we'll see where we're at. So if you haven't gotten a chance to check out our show, Certainly do that. Huskieswarminghousepodcast.com. Uh, we have a huge passion for what we do and obviously excited for anybody who comes and checks our show out. It's been the numbers this summer have been fantastic with the support of people that um, I think are uh, not only interested in the Huskies, of course, but people, you know, if you're generically just listening as a Minnesota Wild fan, you're like, I'm not a St. Cloud State hockey fan. We have a little bit of everything for everybody. We cover more than just the Huskies, even though we're St. Cloud based at heart. Uh, we'll cover anything related to the hockey world. If it's a big topic, we're definitely going to talk about it. So um, uh, feel free to stop by the den, as we like to say. But Nick, uh, who the heck is joining the den uh, this week for us? So let's, uh, let's see. One of them is a Washington Capitol. The other may be a Washington Capitol, right? Yeah, yeah, well, Nick Dowd, right? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, Nick Dowd. So oh. we have Nick Dowd coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's the other thing. You know, we try to have a guest every single week. We've had Bob Mosco. We've had Brett Larson a couple of times. We've had Pat Mecaletti. Uh, so there's some good people that are in the hockey yeah. world that we get to sit and chat to, and uh, some pretty good lengthy conversations as well. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, again, you know, for us, it's a passion of what we do. Um, I cover St. Cloud State hockey, both the men's and women's side at the university. Uh, I'm going to be a senior this year. Well, as a super duper senior, maybe for no, I'm taking that joke away from you. Uh, but uh, we'll probably be doing some play by play, either both radio and or TV side for the Huskies as well. So this is kind of a, you know, kind of a nice little side hustle for me. But it's probably the most fun that I do because it's just talking puck. You get the other people who are in the game who maybe played the game, and it's just a lot of fun. And we cover from everything from the Huskies to everything else in the NCT doing also the NHL. So it's a lot of fun. Come check us out. We'd be happy to have you as a listener. Did you just say that working with me is fun? Now I know you're lying. I know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I will. Mask I will is pa- off now. Yeah, I will. I will pause at this. So speaking of this, so Seth, the one guest that we are trying to get before it's all said and done, whenever our show ends, speaking of St. Cloud State and Minnesota Wild Hockey, uh, we would love to get that Matt Cullen connection at some point. Uh, that would be awesome. That's kind of a, another one that we have on our list. So if you know anybody or anyone who's listening who knows Matt Cullen and can maybe ha- help us out, we would love to have him on the show. I'm going to throw that one out there right now. So all call for the listeners. Let's uh, let's help Noah Nick make that a reality, gentlemen. Thanks so much for the time, uh, Noah Grant and Nick Maxson of the Huskies Warming House podcast. And that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So make sure to follow Locked on Wild wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.